Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. Now, I know the Lord has appeared to me in visions several times. In fact, Jesus himself has appeared eight times, and I've had other visions. But on no occasion was I praying for them. I wasn't expecting them to happen when they did. Neither have I been fasting at any time when Jesus appeared to me. That doesn't mean I don't believe in fasting. And that doesn't mean I don't fast, for I do. Some people leave the impression that if you'd go on a long fast, you would receive some kind of manifestation. However, at no time was I on a fast when Jesus appeared to me. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, How You Can Know the Will of God by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. I remember a number of years ago, I was talking to one of the leaders of one of our full gospel denominations, uh, and he was telling me about a meeting they had in which they discussed a fellow minister who claimed to have seen an angel in a vision. This angel was said to have directed him about his ministry, and he had set out to fulfill this ministry. Now, some of the ministers were quite concerned about him. When it seemed that they were about ready to read him right out of the denomination for having seen a vision and an angel, one of the older ministers, this one I was talking to, said to me, he was a very outstanding uh, Bible teacher, and so they asked him to comment. And so he said, this comes at a very opportune moment. In the church that I pastored, I asked the congregation to write on a piece of paper and turn it in what subject they would like to hear discussed in our weekly Bible study. To my surprise, the majority of them said they never heard any teaching on the subject of angels. So I announced that I would teach on the subject of angels, thinking that I would devote two or three services to the subject. But he said to me, when I sat down with my Bible and began to study, I got so much material that it took me several weeks to teach it all. The thing that surprises me, he said, is not that this brother has seen an angel, but that more of us haven't seen them. Then he went on to give reference from the scripture. How the angel of the Lord told Philip to go down by the way of Gaza. How the angel appeared to Paul on the ship. How the angel appeared to Cornelius. How the angel led Peter out of prison. Then he said, I don't mean that all of us should see angels, but that it should be a more common occurrence. I don't mean that it's going to be an everyday happening or even that all of us would see an angel. But once in a while, someone ought to. Since you've asked me to comment, I want to ask, if you're going to take this away from us, have you anything better to put in this place? They didn't, so they dismissed the subject instead of the minister who had seen the angel. Now let me say this, that although God does lead us through visions and other supernatural manifestations, I would encourage you not to seek a vision, because you might get out beyond God's word and out where the devil can deceive you. A lot of times, if we were to wait until we saw a vision or heard the audible voice of the Lord, we would miss these other things that are not as distinct but just as real. And very often we do that. We miss that inward witness and that inward voice that God usually directs us by. And uh, we miss it. We would often prefer to have a more direct word of guidance, but we don't always have it. Don't try to manufacture it if it's not there. Just know that God, by some of these methods, will always guide you. Primarily, it will be by the inward witness, then by the inward voice. 
then by these other ways as he wills and not as you will. Don't seek them. Nowhere does the Bible say that they sought these things. They just happen without their seeking them. Now, I know the Lord has appeared to me in visions several times. In fact, Jesus himself has appeared eight times, and I've had other visions. But on no occasion was I praying for them. I wasn't expecting them to happen when they did. Neither have I been fasting at any time when Jesus appeared to me. That doesn't mean I don't believe in fasting. And that doesn't mean I don't fast, for I do. Some people leave the impression that if you'd go on a long fast, you would receive some kind of manifestation. However, at no time was I on a fast when Jesus appeared to me. These eight times that he's appeared have always come at a time when I least expected them. I believe there's a reason for it. I think the Lord's trying to show us that we cannot do anything to earn it. We aren't going to do something to force his hand. These are not the results of works, but of grace. We can learn some things here about guidance. Paul and his company had been going about the regions of Galatia, and they evidently wanted to go on into Asia. But they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Then they tried to go to another place, but the Spirit suffered them not. Then in the night time, a man appeared and said, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Then they endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us. Now, I want you to turn and, and let's read that. I, I've stated ahead of time what happened here, but I think we can learn something about guidance as we look at this. Look into the 16th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, and we were actually telling you in our own words what happened here in the 6th and 7th verses, and then in the ninth uh, verse. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia, and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. I want you to notice that. Forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed to him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now then, Let's notice something here that would help us, I think, about guidance and about knowing the will of God. There's more than one individual involved here. It says we. Now notice this, that they didn't have any direct word on it, but they gathered that this was what the Lord wanted them to do. More than one was involved here, for the scripture says we. They didn't just let one person make the decision for them. They didn't even let Paul make the decision for them. We assuredly gathered that the Lord had called us to preach. Now we read that the Spirit led. We read that the Holy Ghost spoke. We read such expressions as this, that the Spirit said. And the whole group that was present agreed 
that this was right. Now let us notice something else about the ministry and prophesying. In Acts the 15th chapter, the 32nd and 33rd verses, it says, And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. They confirmed what they already had. Now I do not know, but it says here that they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. They may have had a prophetical word on it. It said they are said to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. I think that we should have a final word of caution here concerning prophecy and guidance. I admonish people to be very careful about personal prophecies. As long as the gift stays in the realm of speaking to men as, as to edification, exhortation, and comfort, that's wonderful. But we need to be very careful that we don't get out of that area. But many times, someone who prophesies may see a prophet minister, and he may have a word of foreknowledge occasionally. Then the one who prophesies began to think, well, I prophesy so I can do that. So he moves out of the place where he should be into another realm and is misled and misguided. In many parts of the country, due to the ignorance of the scriptures, and because people sometimes get carried away, there are those who are endeavoring to guide people's lives through spiritual gifts and prophecy. Then there are others who claim to be a prophet or claim to minister along this line who are leading people astray. Now it's interesting to note that in Acts 21, Luke said, And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and to deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now I want you to notice something. Agabus did not give Paul any guidance. He didn't tell him not to go, nor did he tell him to go. He simply told him what the Holy Ghost said was going to come to pass. I've seen those who have listened to what someone else said by so-called ministry or prophet, see, and have seen some enter into marriage and their lives have been ruined. Ministers have changed churches or entered into other ministries at the direction of some misguided prophet and were never able to recover their loss. Businessmen have been terribly hurt by listening to someone who claimed to have a revelation from God. They invested their money and went bankrupt. I can't find any place in the New Testament that through a prophet's ministry anyone was told how to invest their money. Now we thank God for the supernatural and for the inspirational gifts of the Spirit. But we must remember that the simple gift of prophecy, I'm not talking here now about the ministry of the prophet, the simple gift of prophecy is speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. 1 Corinthians 14.3 I remember a lady said to me who had been attending prayer meetings in a home, she said something's wrong with our prayer meetings. I don't even know about it and can't understand it because it's all new to it. Now we call it a prayer meeting, but we don't do any praying. This was a charismatic group. A lot of them do spend two or three hours prophesying over one another. If any good comes of it, I don't know. Now she said, I've been, I know I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues, and it's been a great blessing in my life. 
But to me, this sort of meeting is just a waste of time. All the prophecies I get are bad. One of them said my mother was going to die. Well, she said she hasn't died yet. Another said my husband was going to leave me, and he hadn't left yet. But you see, friends, this is not a true manifestation of the gift of prophecy, for it's not speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, or comfort. They didn't edify her or build her up. Rather, it tore her down. It didn't comfort her a bit. It only worried her. It's certainly true that under certain conditions, God may forewarn people in a number of ways about the death of a loved one to prepare their hearts, but it does it in a way that comforts them, not destroys them. No matter who it is that has a word from the Lord for you, if it doesn't confirm what you already have in your own spirit, don't accept it. We're all human and can make a mistake. A man isn't perfect just because he's a preacher. He could be wrong. That wouldn't mean he wasn't used of God. If you got in your car and weren't watching what you were doing, you might run up over a curb. Now, that wouldn't mean that you couldn't drive just because you became a little negligent. A lot of times in spiritual things, we aren't as keen as we should be. That's why the Bible tells us that these things have to be judged. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer. Two CDs, How You Can Know the Will of God by Kenneth E. Hagan plus the single CD and mini book, Where Do We Go From Here by Ken Hagen. These three items together are just $19.95. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. Well, January enrollment for Raymond Bible Training College is underway. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about the Word of God or just interested in growing with God, yes, yes, our yes. Phil Call to the Ministry. Hey, it's time to enroll in Raymond Bible Training College. Yeah, Just go to, to rbtc.org. That's what I was fixing to say. During this holiday season, we invite you to come see the Rama Christmas lights. Over two million lights illuminate the Rama campus in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, nightly through January 1st. For more info, go to ramabiblechurch.com slash Christmas. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, How You Can Know the Will of God. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.